1: World Cup, Sharia Law versus the West. Welcome to the
2: Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Well, we have a lot of excitement going on, and more of it is going off the field at the World Cup in Qatar than on the field. And that's saying a lot. (laughs) Um, It was a foreseeable big mistake to choose Qatar as the site of the 2022 World Cup. And in fact, you know, these uh hens have come home to roost. Or these problems, these conflicts have come home to roost. Um, Qatar first of all uh got the um the honor, you know, of of being the host of the 2022 World Cup. In very um questionable circumstances, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, and aside from that, the real problems have to do with the fact that we have the Islamic culture of Sharia law versus the West. There are um, of course, tremendous differences um, that there has been conflict about that that going back over a thousand years. Um, And it's not going to be settled by one football match, even though it's a big international one and so on. You know, you can't just bring people together with two vastly different cultures and expect that everyone will start holding hands and singing kumbaya. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily um, Qatar thought that that was what was going to happen but i think they were not prepared for just how um how many sparks are flying basically what qatar is doing is um trying to uh, not only in, in enforce sharia law but they are using the world cup to promote propaganda about their values and so that um people who you know don't normally uh ascribed to those values will be convinced that that's what they should do now the um- uh Qatar is also going back on a lot of its promises you know they were fishy not only in terms of getting the um to be the host of the- of the world cup but also in promising to be more lenient in regard to certain things that Sharia law doesn't uh, approve of such as um, you know, the way that women are treated, the way that they, uh, treat gays, alcohol, and so on. And I'm going to be talking about some examples of how these conflicts have taken place. Now, not only are there conflicts between, um, the West and Qatar and, uh, the Middle East where the countries believe in Sharia law, but there are even conflicts within these countries, amongst these countries. Um, with some terrorists uh suggesting that people boycott the world cup i mean so it's it's very very you don't know uh, you don't know who's um who's on whose side really um in the final segment of today's podcast i'm going to talk to you about the chances of an actual terror attack happening at the world games um because there are people who are suggesting that um that that happened so um let's start with some of the describing some of the conflicts in general um so we have you know this well first of all the world cup is going to be is on now and it started on uh November 18th and it's and, I'm sorry it started on November 20th and it's going to be going to December 18th so we still have quite a ways to go. And this is the first World Cup to be held in the Arab world, which is why we're having these conflicts in, um, culture and why they are so, um, you know, like a, like, it's like Tinder waiting to be lit. And we're getting closer to something really bad happening each day as people are getting tired, as Westerners are getting tired of trying to, um, of having to, or uh, being told to, uh, go along with Sharia laws. Now, um interestingly, Qatar lost their opening game, uh, and they are the first host nation to do so. And after they lo- lost the, their first two games, Qatar was eliminated. And that's the earliest that a host team has ever been eliminated from the tournament. Now you would think they might get a hint that maybe, uh, maybe, um, the, 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 um, spirits or whatever you want to call it, um, the universe is against them because of all that they, because of how harsh they're being towards people, um, who don't believe in those laws. They knew, they, you know, it's not like a surprise. They knew what the West believes in. They knew that they, uh, believe in different things. They knew there were going to be conflicts and yet they fought. For, uh, the opportunity to host the games. And obviously, you know, partly it's because one can, the country who hosts, uh, has an opportunity to make a lot of money. You know, with all of the, uh, fans and so on and all the television rights, uh, to the games, media rights, they have a chance to make a ton of money. So that's one way, one reason why they wanted it. But they also wanted it because really and and I'll explain to you how this was obvious in the in the opening um the opening ceremony, you know they didn't make any bones about it. It was clear that they are that this is you know they're not just trying to get the Westerners to abide by their laws, they're trying to convince westerners that um their way of believing is the right one so um this it's a cultural conflict or a clash of civilizations between the islamic regimes and the secular democracies now um let me tell you some of the um issues and we're going to go into some of these examples later but some of the issues where uh there is the most conflict in in these values and so on um but before i get into that let me just say in this was decided in 2010 that they were going to host this uh world cup and since then you know there have been a lot of uh a lot of accusations of bribery and corruption and so on and there have been investigations um one of the the former um FIfa president the federation the international federation of association uh football that the previous president former president claimed that um Qatar had used black ops. He was suggesting that um that the bid committees or you know he thought that this was happening that the big committee had cheated to win the hosting rights um, and also uh in other ways that it's thought that they might have cheated was by hiring a former c i a officer turned private contractor to spy on the rival teams, the other teams who were asking for the bid and key football officials. Who picked the winner? Now, you know, this hasn't been, uh, this still hasn't, the investigations aren't over, but the games are playing. Um, so here are some of the things that the conflicts are about. First of all, the worker conditions in, uh, Qatar. They, um, the way they have been treating the workers. Then, of course, LGBT fans, the illegality of homosexuality in Qatar. Uh, the, whether or not people can wear rainbow flags, whether people can, um, drink alcohol, women's issues, you know, how women are being treated, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and the main problem being that they promised one thing and they're, you know, finally enacting or, or, Uh, making people abide by the opposite rules, the the rules that people were afraid they were going to enact. Okay, so let's talk about the migrant workers. There were many workers that came to Qatar, um, and they were denied food and water. Their identity papers were taken away. They were compelled into forced labor. They weren't paid on time or at all, and so effectively some were slaves. Even some workers died, Um, you know, it has been said that more workers died because of the this hard work and all these other things that they enforced on them um, than would have been normal, the normal amount. Then it's interesting, apparently most Qatari nationals avoid doing manual work or low-skilled jobs, so that's why they had to bring in people from other countries, people who were happy to get any kind of work. You know, they took advantage of them.
1: Even Amnesty International accused Qatar of using forced labor. Um, Let's see. Uh, Initially, they said that they wouldn't restrict, the in
2: regard to LGBT rights, initially they said they wouldn't restrict the display of pro-LGBT imagery and symbols like rainbow flags. Um, but, there, um, there are, in fact, it is happening. They're confiscating pride flags, um, and they're saying that that's to help the, the fans, the spectators, so that they don't get into arguments with other people. They don't get hurt. Yeah, right. Um, and, um, so that's, that's, um, one big aspect here. Then women's rights. Uh, there is discrimination against women, of course, you know, according to the, um, rules, um, the Sharia law rules, um, you know, women are treated like second class citizens and don't have the same rights as, um, as we experience in the West. Um, for example, they, in Qatar, they must, um, ask permission from their male guardians to marry to study abroad on government scholarships, to work in many government jobs, to travel abroad, to receive certain forms of reproductive health care, and to be the primary guardian of children, even if they are divorced. So that is the um, climate that women are walking into, and there have been numerous um, problems with that. Now, here's an interesting thing. Um, They began, Qatar began a, Fan engagement program, they called it. They promised to pay air travel and entrance tickets and housing and spending money for groups of fans from all competing nations under the Fan Leader Network programming. Um, and, however, these fans who are chosen um, have to sing and chant when they're asked to, and they're required to report any social media posts that are critical of Qatar. And, um, I will tell you about how this, this cramp, corruption has been exposed. Then, um, the alcohol ban. Um, they had said that alcohol was going to be permitted. Uh, in fact, there is, um, the biggest sponsor, um, is Budweiser. And, um, you know, and actually if they're going to pay all that money to sponsor, um the games to be one of the the biggest sponsor in any case um they wanted beer tents and um they wanted to you know be able to sell their beer duh um, but they but uh Qatar officials made them move the beer tents and then finally they they made it they just kept moving them further and further away until they were just at the corporate hospitality boxes then of course um the treatment of Jewish and Israeli visitors. They had promised to provide Jewish tourists with cooked kosher foods and public Jewish prayer services, and they did neither. They said that they they cl- blamed this on not being able to secure the safety of Jews in public places um you know again they're they're turning it around and trying to say, "Yes, we're taking these things away that we promised, but um um." But it's all for your your safety it's all it's all a good thing it's it's you know it's not a it's not restrictions it's all trying to help you make this a better experience well um um I guess I will hmm you know I'm realizing that I have so much more to tell you about this uh this um world cup and the conflicts and so on. <laughs> I think I'm probably going to only get through the first half of it and I will do the my next podcast on the rest of it because I don't want to give it short shrift because so much of it it's all important and it's all very significant. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you about really I don't know if you watched the um the opening of the the opening ceremony of the World Cup, but um that there was something, you know, right there they were making it clear that this isn't just about making money or getting to getting the world to getting to be in the world's um, you know the focus of the world and the spotlight of the world and all of that, but it was also to push their beliefs on the rest of the world. So stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Stay tuned, and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll.
2: Welcome back to The Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about World Cup, Sharia law versus the West. Now um as i mentioned um let's look now as i mentioned in the first segment i want to look now at the um at the opening ceremony and how that gave everybody a clue that they are not going to be shy about um about not only uh you know shy about enacting sharia law even though they had said that they weren't <laughs> um They are doing more than that. They are trying to drive home their beliefs. Propaganda. So, the um, opening ceremony. Now, there was um, a a description about this. And um, in the Qatari Daily, a columnist wrote that the Quranic verse, That featured in the World Cup opening ceremony states that God, quote, created mankind from male and female. And this was a divine message to the world against homosexuality. Starting right off the opening ceremony. (laughs) We're not, not, not being shy, as I said. Um, that included, it included a, a verse from the Quran. Um, and it, which, which includes the words, O mankind, indeed we have created you from male and female and made you peoples and tribes that you may know one, one another. Well, now, besides being anti-gay, um, it's hypocritical because if they're trying to say that, you know, um, that God made uh, an, an, not only male and female, but peoples and tribes that you may know each other, um you know try- again trying to say that we're gonna all sing kumbaya here um this is just a
1: wonderful get together when in fact, it's really you know more about propaganda um, now um the the um the 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 commitments
2: that were issued in January 2020 by Qatar and
1: um and FIFA um said that banned discrimination
2: of any kind against any individual or group of people on the basis of race, skin color, gender, sexual orientation, disability, language, religion, etc. in the framework of the World Cup so Qatar agreed with this put it out jointly with FIFA and they have been doing nothing but uh disobeying you know what they promised gee surprise surprise and then um the united states or the biden administration um or even before biden um pe- some people in the united states you know still want to um make a treaty with iran about nuclear arms and so on even though i mean it's it's this is what happens um, in Iran where they yell death to the uh, death to America, death to Israel and um, while they're still trying to pretend that they want to have a treaty and they're going to be good and and listen and not not um, proliferate nuclear arms. So, you know they just go back on their word is the
1: point. Now um, okay, let's see Now, uh, also, Qatar has been
2: known to be a permissive environment for terror financing. I mean, you know, there are, we knew all these things, um, or let's hope that, I mean, the FIFA, uh, committee, um, knew all these things. These aren't surprises, um, maybe going back so blatantly is a surprise, but for example, they knew that, that Qatar is, um, a and permissive environment for terror financing. It's the key, it's one of the, it's the or one of the key spots for terror financing. Um, They fund U.S.-designated foreign terrorist organizations such as Hamas and other extremist groups. And um, in Qatar, there are what they call three buckets, terror financing by the government, terror financing done in Qatar through their own citizens that their government may not know about and terror financing in Qatar that the government knows about but does nothing to stop so and they um for example they also support the Muslim Brotherhood and Hamas is an offshoot of that so um so you know we knew all these these you know not so nice things <laughs> Before we, um uh, before we went, before we agreed, or the, we, I'm not gonna say we, it's the uh, FIFA committee that agreed. And yes, does it seem likely that some people, uh, were paid off or given some other kinds of, um, perks? Yes,
1: indeed it does. Now, um, the, um, here's, some, here I'm gonna give you some
2: examples of, um, of, of, of the, you know, how, um, women and gays are being treated that, you know, um, that are according to Sharia law, but against what Qatar had promised. So, for example, there was a woman named Paola Chiticat. She, um, she was Brazilian and she, um, in, according to the Quran, sexual assault and rape must be public to be established in court. Four male Muslim witnesses are required to have witnessed the act. And it says in the Quran, quote, And those who accuse honorable women but do not bring four witnesses, lash them 80 times and never accept their testimony. They indeed are evildoers. The Quran also says, quote, Why didn't they produce four witnesses? Since they do not produce witnesses... They indeed are liars in the sight of Allah. So, this woman, Paola, didn't have four witnesses. And as a woman, her testimony was less valuable than her accuser, as a man. And therefore, her accusation became an exercise in self incrimination. She didn't realize this. She was accused of having an affair, not being raped,
1: um, when she reported it. And, um, and, um, and FIFA has
2: asked police in Qatar not to treat women as criminals if they report rape and so on. But,
1: you know, <laughs> Qatar is not listening to that. Um, so, let me see. Um, so she was charged with extramar- extramarital sex
2: despite telling the officials that a colleague had broken into her flat and attacked her. And the man was acquitted, and so she fled the country when she
1: faced up to seven years and a hundred lashes. That's one example um now here,
2: just to be fair, here is another example, which you know kind of um shows that it's one thing certainly it's, it's the opposite of this woman who was raped. There is a woman uh, this just happened at the um World Cup a bottle named Avanna Knoll. She defied Qatar dress code because she came dressed in, barely, barely dressed, in a dress in which her breasts were mostly hanging out, and it was extremely short, and it was a flare skirt. So if she moved, you could basically see up her skirt. Now, um she she cheered on her team and um you know she walked all over the place and of course she was uh people you know the media was taking pictures of her and so on she's known as the world cup's hottest fan and she posed for pictures um and she she was uh and somehow i i, I don't think that she, i think she's still alive but you see that it goes to the other extreme you know, it's one thing to um to be accused of um to to not be believed when you don't have four witnesses and and you're told that you participated in extramarital sex when it was really rape. That's one thing. You know, and obviously that's not right and um you know, it's outrageous. But it's also a little outrageous to purposely bait uh purposely go against what you know the cultural rules are. I mean, you know, she was just, well, she was asking for attention is what she was doing. And I think some, um, some, uh, cultural appreciation or some respect, really, for the culture, um, is, is not too much to ask. But that doesn't mean, you know, that's, that doesn't mean that women should be treated badly and that, uh, and that, um, rainbow armbands should be ripped off as is
1: happening. Um, there, um, for example, um, they had
2: said that it would be okay to have, um, uh, rainbow armbands and so on, but now they're being ripped off and people aren't being allowed in. And,
1: um, oh, and visitors. Uh, to the to the world cup are required to download data
2: tracking spyware now no um event certainly no football game would be worth it to me to have to download spot tracking spyware i mean god knows what is going to be done how that's going to be used when people leave but clearly you do not want um People who you know who are not our friends um to have information um you know have your be able to download what's in your iPhone or whatever kind of phone you have your cell phone now here's a fun one um, on a lighter side because what's lighter about it is that it was exposed there it was an Australian comedian John Bernard Carew's who, he's a TikTok star, and he confronted fans at the World Cup and accused them of being fake. In other words, he discovered um that Qatar paid people to be there. They paid people to pretend to be fans. Now, the way that they found this out or that he found this out was that there were videos of supporters um, at the, you know, fans at the Cup. Um who, and so these were fake fans uh they pretend they paid people to pretend to be fans, and of course, Qatar' is denying this, and they're claiming that uh football is hugely popular with the people there um Oh, I was starting to say the way they found this out is because there was an, a video, and so they found in the video there were people, the same people they recognized the same people who, in one part of the video or uh in one video, they were rooting for one team wearing the shirts and so on of one team, and then in another vi- part of the video or another video altogether, they were wearing a different um, shirt. And um, so this comedian, Australian comedian, confronted Indian and Bangladeshi fans at the Cup who were wearing Brazilian jerseys and accused them of being fake as the videos of these identical fans wearing shirts from different countries uh, were discovered. And so mostly these men were Indian and Bangladeshi, and um, they wore the colors of national teams, including England, Brazil, Germany, and Argentina. And um, this is what I was alluding to before when they had this, uh they, they've been arranging this for quite a while, Qatar has. Um, this is through the fan leader network. <laughs> the fan leader, that sounds benign, doesn't it? So this comedian asked whether the fans are from Brazil and they said no they're from Bangladesh or India and he asked did FIFA pay you to be here and the fans said yes one of them said he's actually a fan of Argentina but he was paid to support Brazil Um, (laughs) when they were asked to choose their favorite player from the, when they were, because they were shooting, um, rooting for Brazil at this particular time, they were asked to say who their favorite player was from the Brazilian team. And they named one player Neymar. And so then they asked, were asked to name another player from the Brazil team. And they didn't know. Um, and then one of them said, I'm not a fan of football. I'm a cricket fan. So. Um, Qatar is trying to say, Qatar, you know, it puts a spin on all of these things, all of these lies. And so what Q- Qatar is saying is, what they meant by saying FIFA paid them to be there, is actually most of them are construction workers, and they came to Qatar to work. And so they're saying that these were the perks that they got, as perks they got, um, they got, uh, tickets to go to the games. Now,
1: um,
2: Actually, I think I am going to be able to, um, I hope you'll, this might be a little long, but I hope you'll, uh, I mean, there's so much good stuff. (laughs) For example, um, I'll start, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about how, uh, of course, actually, you know, there's going to be, um, I'm I'm recording this podcast the day before the U.S.-Iran soccer showdown is happening that, that when they play each other when the US plays Iran now with all these different things intensifying all of these um people on both sides are getting annoyed westerners are getting more and more annoyed about having to uh uh go according to these sharia restrictions when that's not what they were promised i mean imagine you know it's not cheap to um to go from america or europe or you know to to go to qatar and, and the hotels and all of these things. And they go with the understanding that they're going to be able to re- wear their rainbow armbands, for example. And then they get there and and they find that they can't. And not just the armbands, but in general, you know, different. And the alcohol, I mean, Budweiser must be really pissed um, with all the money that they spent. And then, you know, having their beer put to the outskirts. Um. So... So anyway, so tomorrow it's going to be so all these things are heating up at the World Cup. Um on both sides, you know, Qatar is not happy that so many westerners are flaunting uh the Sharia rules. Well, surprise, surprise, you shouldn't have asked. The point is you shouldn't have asked to be a host. You knew that westerners don't believe in Sharia law. Um have a much more um you know, uh, casual, shall we say, uh, you know, aren't, aren't bigoted. Let's just put it that way. Are against gays. Well, I don't mean, I know, there so people, some people listening to this are saying, what? There's discrimination against gays in America too. Yes. Yeah, there There is all over, but not to the extent of Sharia law. You don't get killed in America. Well, okay, I know. <laughs> yes, there are some, uh, there are some unfortunate hate crimes, but you know what I mean. In, in, uh, Sharia law is much more strict than that. Um, gays are killed, for example so so um you know people in the Westerners are getting more um a- outraged that uh that they can't do the some of this they can't drink in the stands, for example, things that they thought they were gonna be able to do. they were promised and um and um the people in Qatar are needless are are needless to say getting more um annoyed. Feeling the friction more and so on that they weren't able to get everybody to sing kumbaya or the, the, or gay people to say, oh, oh you're right, you know, that's not what Allah wanted and so I'm not going to be gay. Um, or whatever, or women. You know, there are some really horrible things going on with women. I just gave you one example. So anyhow, um, things are heating up and it will be interesting to see what happens tomorrow at the U.S. Iran game. Um,
1: but, but um but we can expect possible um you know poss- more more
2: feathers to fly shall we say okay when we come back i'm going to talk to you about um the terrorists you know i mentioned that there were people in the middle east who who did not agree with um qatar and um you know their their restrictions or the war they didn't agree with Qatar inviting Westerners to be in Qatar in the Middle East to begin with, so it's like both sides um don't like it so this was as I said at the very beginning, this was a foreseeable big mistake. so when we come back, I'm going to be telling you about what terrorists are are you know how terrorists are trying to get people to um to um Uh, not go to the um, World Cup uh, to boycott the World Cup and then I'm going to tell you about the terror threats, actual terror threats that there are to the World Cup so stay tuned
0: You've been listening to the Terrorist Starfish Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror Now back to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol.
2: Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about the World Cup, Sharia law versus the West. And as promised, I'm going to talk to you in this segment about, first of all, what terrorists are urging people to do to boycott the World Cup. Because they don't want Westerners <laughs> in their lands um, doing all these horrible things, and you know, like uh wearing short dresses <laughs> or drinking beer or being gay or um having sex or or hugging in public or kissing in public, you know you're not supposed to show any kinds of signs of affection, whether you're gay or heterosexual so um so this is what they now this comes from um terrorist, you know, what has um, come out in terrorist uh, pu- publications, but, you know, um, and so Al-Qaeda Central Command declares the FIFA World Cup a pornographic cultural invasion of Muslim lands. See, they're seeing it the opposite way. Not that, uh, you know, they they don't want us there either. Um, Defining ousting the poly polytheists from the Arabian Peninsula as a jihadi commandment. So they're saying, you know, they're they're recommending boycott and and more um because they're saying that we the West are poly, polytheists and
1: um and and we should be ousted from the Arabian Peninsula, that it's a jihadi commandment.
2: All right. Now, they put out the official media outlet of Al-Qaeda Central Command published an official statement on the occasion of the opening of the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. They made a five-page statement, and they referred to the games as a, quote, cultural invasion, unquote, and a, quote, destructive ideological war, which threatened Islam and the future of, of the Islamic nation. I mean, they see this as very serious that we people are are
1: invading them um, with our terrible things, terrible things that we do. Um. So now, let's see. And Al Qaeda, the Al Qaeda affiliate in Yemen, called on Muslims
2: to boycott the World Cup. It promotes homosexuality and alcohol
1: use, sows division in Muslim Ummah. So they criticized, um,
2: again, the media arm of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, criticized Qatar for hosting the FIFA World Cup. Um, and they called for a boycott. Al-Qaeda called for a boycott of the World Cup.
1: Um, Then, so the question is, if there's so much division amongst, um, and confusion amongst Islamists, why
2: did they have to get the event? Why did they have to grab the opportunity to host the event through corrupt means? Um, you know, especially when there are, when they knew there would be, and there are all these controversies.
1: So now, um... Now, it's kind of, it's beginning to, so I think Qatar is beginning to think that maybe they shouldn't have
2: done this. I mean, I don't know. It's the, uh, it's not done yet. Um, but before the games, uh, Qatar called in a lot of help from people um, from other countries to, um, you know, to be there in case uh, violence broke out. And tomorrow as I was saying the game between America and Iran might be one of those times of course especially if America wins I um I mean I mean it wouldn't be the Americans well I don't think it would be the Americans creating the violence um, so the Qatar called in American SWAT teams they called in the RAF from England they called in the Turkish uh national police the gendarmes from France, and other military, you know, um, and police from other countries because they were worried about violence happening. Um, now, why I say they might be, Qatar might be, you know, thinking that maybe they shouldn't have done this is because they've begun with all these different incidents that are happening um, of people um you know, going against Sharia and these news stories that keep coming out of Qatar about these different incidents, they keep showcasing Qatar's Islamic supremacist bigotry and potential danger to infidel, attend infidel, as they would consider us, infidel attendees, such as women and gays, um, and who could be put in jail for not having the Sharia norms of dress and behavior. Um, and also the spyware and, um, also not providing the kosher foods and prayers that they said they would do, um, for, for Jewish people. So it's starting to backfire on Qatar. This bad publicity. Now let's talk about the attacks. Okay. The terror threats. You don't know, you know, there are different threats from different people, whether it's, uh, Al Qaeda or, um, uh, various um, segments of um, terrorist groups or Islamic groups.
1: So, okay, one um, one terror threat is from <coughs> was was recorded was mentioned uh, promoted on the pro ISIS Telegram channel. They were calling
2: for a biological strike. Um, supporters of the Islamic State of ISIS urged, so it's not just Al-Qaeda, ISIS is getting into the uh, act too, urged its members to carry out violent
1: and biological attacks. Um, ISIS supporters have been
2: reportedly using the messaging app Telegram as a platform to communicate cryptic messages which in which they talk about the specific assault plans so their strategy is to re- is to prepare attacks on the competition by picking on certain countries including western teams that have attempted or successfully contributed to the fight against the Islamic state so in other words before the world cup started the countries who have fought against the Islamic state
1: um they want to to prepare attacks against them. Um, so, they
2: this so in the telegram in this app the channel, they called upon the upcoming um, World Cup as a quote golden opportunity for ISIS supporters to carry out attacks in retaliation against the neighbor, nations of the global coalition to defeat ISIS uh because many of the people from these countries will travel to Qatar to support their teams, their football teams. So it's it said, quote, um in on Telegram, it said, quote, the World Cup Qatar is a golden opportunity for fans. Um meaning they meaning they they're talking in codes. So when they say fans, they don't mean the football fans. They're talking about ISIS supporters, fans of ISIS. Since there will be many goals Um, and they mean targets because it's very clever, (laughs) you know, how they're using this code to mean something else because many of the countries of the global coalition are participating in it. Try to be one of the participants in the World Cup and one of the gold scorers, meaning, you know, try to be one of the people who create violence or who who attack these countries who, who don't like ISIS at the World Cup. I mean, attack the countries at the World Cup The countries who have shown in the past, from their past behavior, that they don't like ISIS. Then they sent a post, there was a post on Telegram that said, quote, The cleanup campaigns are ongoing. Be a part of the World Cup in Qatar and score your goals. The goal is open, meaning score your attacks. The channel also published two infographics, you know, like, uh, like charts. The first one listed the nations that are a part of the global coalition to defeat ISIS. And the other infograph a chart showed the national teams that will compete in the World Cup. So like you look at the nations that are in this global coalition to defeat ISIS, you see when they're playing at the World Cup, quote, you have the freedom to choose who to support. <laughs> the the ISIS, the Telegram channel, said sarcastically. Um, it also said in a later post, quote, supporting Belgium, France, and Canada has a special taste. Um, So they are, you know, recommending to ISIS supporters, fans, that they should focus their efforts on fan bases from these Western nations. I mean, I'm sure there must be something saying that they should attack America. Um, they also put guidelines, ISIS, the ISIS pro-ISIS telegram channel, also published guidelines for launching attacks during the World Cup. And they called these guidelines euphemistically, quote, a humanitarian operation to clean up Qatar. Qatar. There are different ways of saying Qatar, and I've been trying to be consistent. Um, it urged supporters of ISIS to see the act of cleaning as not limited as, quote, not limited to using weapons only. In other words, they're trying to, they want Islamic State sympathizers to use biological means, by to do create a biological attack. This is very scary. Listen to this. This telegram channel urged people to put some viruses in the food or beverages of people from Western countries with a, quote, sprayer to spread the tasty perfume, unquote. Um, they said the important thing is to achieve the goal, you know, they're putting this in football terms, to achieve the goal of coming back in the form of a coffin. So they want people from Western countries to um be killed, basically, in
1: Qatar, and come back, go back to their country uh in coffins. Um, and they said that they would give these substances to people who want them
2: in order you know substance biological substances, whether it's viruses or whatever to um to to who to people who are willing to spray them in the food or beverages um let's see
1: they're expecting one point two million visitors to Qatar um Let's see. Now, then there were, on the other side, there were human rights organizations who
2: were urging travelers to cancel their reservations. Um, after they, after it was reported that over 6,500 migrant workers have perished while working on the stadium and other tournament related projects. Um, So, okay, so in other words, there are various people who want attacks at Qatar, at the World Cup. Now, the United Nations was also concerned about terror attacks, and they provided Qatar with equipment and training to prevent a nuclear security incident. So there could be violence, there could be biological attacks, there could be um, a nuclear attack. Um, so, but the UN, uh, again, gave them equipment and training, quote, to thwart any attack involving nuclear or other radioactive material. Um, and this is, you know, they they made this, uh they did this, the UN did this, while groups like al-Qaeda urged its militant fi- followers to wage jihad against the tournament as Westerners poured into the country. I mean,
1: I am surprised that nothing more has happened so far. Okay, so let's see. Um, Well, you know, um, Qatar,
2: I should mention also, Qatar is allied with the world's leading sponsor of
1: terrorism, Iran. And... um, It, uh, Qatar also has sometimes allied with the West in its battle against
2: terrorist groups. But obviously, um, <laughs> obviously, you know, while it's the key financer of terrorism, along with Iran, you know, um, that is certainly not um, pro the West. Um, so the UN helped Qatar integrate its nuclear security measures into larger plans that could help disrupt a nuclear or radiological attack. And this included, quote, comprehensive training to national counterparts on developing and implementing nuclear security measures and on responding to nuclear security events and related emergencies. Um, So it lent Qatar more than 120 radiation detecting devices, including personal radiation detectors, portable backpack detectors, and other instruments that can spot things like a dirty bomb you know which is a crude explosive device that includes radioactive material then we have um other people saying that um drone attacks are the main terrorist threat at the world cup um the uh, the french interior minister made that point he warned of the dangers of quote a drone loaded with explosives that falls on a crowd on an exposed team on an opening ceremony well didn't happen <laughs> at least the opening ceremony went went by without a hitch
1: although <laughs> with its propaganda um so so, <laughs> so i
2: guess i did do it um in time what i'm going to do I mean, I did give you the highlights, and that was primarily all the things, the points that I wanted to make. If in fact um, there is a terror attack, I mean, I can tell you, with all these things that I just talked about, if somebody, if you haven't gone to the World Cup, um, I suggest that you stay home and watch it on television. I mean, between the between all of this. you know, having to follow the, the, um, Sharia laws, and as people are flaunting them, um, the Qatar officials are going to get more and more adamant, shall we say, um, if not violent, about enforcing these laws, laws. And as more and more people flaunt the laws, because they kind of get sick of it as the games are going on, and, and as there are more, um, more particular incidents that people read about or hear about in the media, you know there's going to be an increase in westerners getting irritated um fed up with all these rules and um and trying to flaunt them like the model that I just talked about I'm not I don't condone what she did I think that's that was unnecessary but um i mean not that you should you know not that, i mean one in a perfect world one should be free to dress however one wants but she purposely did that to get attention and i, I as i said but in any case between between um sharia laws the, the controversy over sharia law both sides getting more and more heated um the controversy between certain elements of um of people in the Middle East being you know uh the people ISIS and, and al-Qaeda for example um being angry that Qatar is hosting is bringing all these infidels into the Middle East uh so it's like you know it's when you look at it from one side it's like why are you telling me how to dress or or you know not to wear armbands that support um people who are gay and so on um and and the other side is looking at it like you're infidels and you're you're you know walking on our land well yeah that's true but you shouldn't have asked to host <laughs> the world cup that is the bottom line and um I certainly hope that I mean it would be nice if by the end wouldn't it be great if by the end in the in the closing ceremony that people were <laughs> holding arms and singing kumbaya somehow I would not bet on that um but so uh this is a very risky place to be and I really do and, and then of course and then of course is what I was just talking about all these real threats of a uh of a terror attack whether Um, a violent attack, or a biological attack, or a nuclear attack, or a drone attack. You know, this is not the safest place to be in the world. So if you have friends or family thinking of going there, or if you yourself were thinking of going there, please, please stay home. If um, something explodes, perhaps literally, uh, as the games go on, I will return to this topic as there will be much more to talk about. But hopefully, you know, we can hope that um, at least nothing that horrendous, uh, more horrendous, shall I say, will happen. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, your terrorist therapist.
0: You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror.